1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Kind of It's a trouble time. Zolgad and uh, Chip Scoggins. As always, Jonathan Harrison producing. All right, Chipper, want to start you out with this one. What were your thoughts on uh, Kirk Cousins' in-depth remarks after the Wednesday practice at Vikings uh, minicamp in Egan this week, in which it's very clear that he's trying to take a step in being more self-aware yeah. of his uh, shortcomings in, at one point, saying, look, I'm a 500 quarterback. And he didn't say it flippantly. He was basically saying, I know that's not good enough.
0: Yeah, that was that that out of his long press conference, that, that quote just jumped out. I mean, for you know, for him to stand up there and say, because it was under the context of, uh, I guess, was it Spielman recently said they, they need to help him get to the
1: next level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we
0: told the Piner
1: press that. Yeah. Yes.
0: And he was asked about that quote and and basically said, yeah, let's be honest, I'm a 500 quarterback and that's not good enough. It's like, whoa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we didn't hear Kirk, that. Kirk, was that you? Yeah, we didn't hear that kind of. Uh, Answer from him last year, so um, yeah, it was it was uh, revealing. I think, and and he's right because the the other part of that answer was if I have a great statistical year, but we go eight and eight, that you know people aren't going to. That's not the next level. But if you know, he said if I if I play poorly or don't have a good game, we win two playoff games, which I don't think is going to. Can't happen, really. Your quarterback can't play bad, and you're going to win two quarterbacks uh, two playoff games. I don't think. But I, I get the point that, and, it, and it's true, Judd. Right? People don't care about his stats. The, he's going to be judged on whether this team wins a championship or not. That was the whole point of this. Absolutely. Of 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 yeah. signing
1: him to that massive contract, and and he's good, going to be judged also how, in how he plays in you know prime time and yeah. big games sure. late in the the year. You know, think about. How much the difference, uh, the narrative among fans would be with Kirk Cousins for 2018. If he does one thing, if he says, that Chicago game, Week 17, I'm winning this game for mm-hmm. us. Like, we're not going to lose. Yeah. Then it's a playoff team, and Cousins is seen, unless he goes into the playoffs and completely melts down Chip, he's seen as this gutsy leader who stepped up. If he could have gone into that game and said, we are going to win and I'm going to play great, and I don't care about the rest of you. Yeah, but you know he didn't, and so, and plus I think the the thing statistically as good as some of his 2018 stats were, Chip. I think we look back and say, okay, let's pick, let's cherry pick the really good games. Uh, Packers, Packers and Rams, we'll two, yeah, uh, Rams. Packers game here I, I think but you know you you give me a crunch time either prime time or, or late season this is time this is time to win yeah. where you were like oh wow that's Kirk Cousins I can't think of it. I mean those are big I mean
0: Packers and Rams remember think about what the narrative was after those games some of the throws he made Yeah, you're like wow this guy is this is exactly why they got him he can make these throws and really the pendulum Swift uh, shift throughout that whole season and Probably, what, what are the two lasting, or at least for me, the two lasting memories of his 2018 season? Throwing the ball backwards mm-hmm. in Seattle. That mm-hmm. pass where he had, I think it was Thielen on the slant. Yep, was, it was. Or on the post was was, was downfield open.
1: swearing because the parabolic mics picked him up. Yeah. So what the bleep are we doing? And
0: then the other thing was the, the sideline meltdown with Thielen in the last game. I mean, yep. those are two lasting, th- for me, like that's kind of symbolic of the season. But early in the year... I remember we were thinking, oh, they don't even need to run the ball; just throw it fifty times. Because look at the way Cousins is playing, and that you know that's probably not sustainable. You got to run the ball, but so there's something there. I mean, there's he has the capability to make those throws and and you know put an offense on his back. We saw it
1: in a couple games, right? He can make fantastic throws in the right. Conditions for him, and, and by that I, I don't mean the climate. I mean the condition. If, yeah, yeah. If yeah. the offensive. Uh, so, what? what's the difference in between that Packers and Rams game and when he panicked?
0: Was it just the accumulation of all the. I think it was just the wear and tear of. So many hits to him that he started seeing ghosts and lost faith, complete faith. And then I think that everything with the coordinator and
1: with Zim run the ball. I just think he get confused on what they're even doing. I think the prime time thing is is in his head too. Until, sure, until he expunges that demon, I think that that's a real factor in in you know what was it the uh, Seahawks game mm-hmm. where I do because that game if you go back is eminently winnable. Yeah, the Vikings. That's sure. not a that's not a game where they were dead. But I would. You know what struck me about l- listening to him, and he was really trying, I thought, to be candid on Wednesday, Chip? You know what struck me? And I think this is a very important part of being probably a successful, and I mean ultra-successful, athlete. I don't have any idea who Kirk Cousins is mm-hmm. as a person, and but here's the worst part. I don't know that he does. Be- because what he said... Yesterday was said in June when there's no wins and losses on the yeah. line. And it was said as if as I, he's clearly talked to people about, you know, what, what went wrong in 2018. And the problem with not knowing who, who you are, I think, is that teammates aren't dumb. Yeah, Like, the athletes pick up on things. And so you can't say, I'm your quarterback, I'm your guy, I'm going to help coach you, but I really don't know exactly who I am. Well, that,
0: that could be it, but I think as much as anything, he's a thinker. Like, he's constantly, like, strategized, like, wants to know everything. I mean, he talked about yesterday sending to get the analytics like, send me just anything you have that's good or bad, you yeah. know? And he said, what do you say? Information's power. You know, and it's like, I think he just gets overloaded with it sometimes instead of just be. cutting it loose and playing. And we saw instances last year where, I mean, I keep going back to those two games, but the Packers and Rams games, he was just kind of slinging it all over the place. And it was right. fun. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it was sustainable. That's probably not the offense you want to run. But um, but I just think everything's like scripted, right? Yes. And he's yeah. – I don't know if it's perfectionist is the right word or and I what. think
1: that's sort of how he lives his life. Yeah. You know, certain, and and there are jobs where that, that's probably a great thing. But, well, but quarterback – He has the mind coach and yeah, all that. I mean – Are there improvisational sure, um, yeah. jobs? You know, like if things break down, it can't be scripted then. Yeah.
0: But he has the mind coach. I mean, all these things that are – I mean, I think he's doing the right things to try to maximize – you know, kind of like what Tom Brady does. You have, you know,
1: any advantage right, you can you get, just, but it doesn't... It, you're dealing with Einstein there. Exactly. That's the problem, too. You can't yeah. be like, you know, it, it'd be like us saying, well, you know, I really like Red Smith. I'm going to be Red <laughs> Smith. Well, that's a great thought to have, yeah. but you ain't going to be Red Smith. Exactly. Or Jim Murray.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And you, But, I mean, I do think that he... I think he wants to be really good. He wants to be a top 5 guy and he's I don't, trying to take all the right steps. I don't doubt steps. I think you're exactly right. But um don't doubt it for one second that you're right. But yeah, I mean ha, ha, can he get there? I mean at some point you you know he he's got to figure out the the big time, the, you know, the night games, the big games, whatever you want to classify him cuz I mean
1: there's this is That's why you brought you in here to win those big games, you know. Well, and that's why Spielman is now saying what he's he's saying because the realization I think um, of the Vikings officials and they're right about this is we do have to we've got to help him to be good. He can't just be good. Yeah.
0: Well, he's not have to be right. I mean, he's just not that guy. He's not Aaron Rodgers where everything everything can break down around him. He's still going to right. He's going to Aaron Rodgers will, will raise in certain. You know, quarterbacks will raise the level of everyone around him. I don't think Kirk's that way. I think he needs the conditions to be not, not, maybe
1: not perfect, but ideal, you know. But can he accept that? Because I think he, I think he sees it. And this is, this is the conundrum. I think he sees himself as that guy, and his paycheck says he is well, that guy. Well, your paycheck says you should be that guy. But. but can he accept the fact that that's not him? That, that he can be, I think he has physical gifts. And I think that if he accepts who he is, he could actually be pretty good because we saw that we saw glimmers of it. Yeah, but but you know, like he he went went through an analytics thing. I, I think I asked the, him. I said, "What?" So when you've gotten these you know reports this summer or spring, I said, "What's been the bad?" You know, like what's, yeah. what's the bad? Because you know we we could talk talk about the good, sure, well, that's yeah. boring. But what's the bad? And he was talking about the fumbles, mm-hmm. and he went through how the study shows that the fumbles aren't the problem. It's not recovering them that is the problem. Well, no, but, yeah. and it gets, but, it's, but again, it gets into this convoluted – and I also – I think that he struggles. Mm-hmm. And being a kid myself from the western suburbs of Minnetonka, mm-hmm. I can tell you growing up, it's difficult to accept responsibility when you're surrounded by especially your parents your whole life who basically like you, you got a d but you're smarter than that and i'll talk to the teacher you know no i'm serious yeah it, it seems like accepting responsibility is really tough there and unfortunately in sports especially that position you have to yeah you got to fall on that sword yeah well it, it was
0: interesting because what do you say like if you look at his fumbles he's middle of the pack yeah whereas the perception is he's one of the worst because he loses a lot of well i i still would say don't be middle of pack and fumbles and, and, and no, if i don't. and find it you know a way to don't hold it out you know and leave it vulnerable yeah so but i think he uh you could tell there's definitely and he, the team is working with him on that part i mean it's but can um,
1: he do but my question to you is do you think because you you can june you can go to the podium and say the, the right things Do you think that that work, because ultimately, if that work doesn't then take itself to the field, you know, know, we're not the most important people. His teammates are Mm -hmm. and his play is. Yeah. So my my question is, can that take itself to that level? Because that's where it sort of has to go. Yeah. You know, he still talked on Wednesday about you know, I feel like I need to coach guys and I can't leave the field uh, upset about something is I think along the lines of, if I didn't coach the guy up, right. It's yeah. Like, it, it's, yeah. That's know, that's comes... a tricky, it's a slippery slope there. Well, and it's, you know, if you're a hall of fame quarterback, you can do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, that position you have to be, but let's, let's, I mean, he's been here a year. It's not like, I mean, I'm sure guys look at him as the leader because he's the quarterback. But it's hard to just walk in and command that respect. And then if you don't play well, you know. um, So I'm sure there's still room for growth in terms of like guys completely following him and and him being that, you know, the unquestioned
1: leader in that locker room. Do you think in in retrospect now watching Kirk, and I guess it might have frustrated me at the time, but I'm now beginning to think he probably did the right thing that Sam Bradford had it right. Because, you know, Bradford never tried to be... He was really boring. Yeah. And, and he never tried to be somebody he wasn't. And he certainly was not a dynamic guy. But he sort of accepted that, too. And now watching Kirk try and take on a role that I don't know that he's really capable of. I wonder if my um, thoughts on Sam were were mistaken. Because at least he did essentially say, you might not like it, but this is me.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely two different personalities. I I don't know. I think, you know cousin's just in a different spot because you know this was a good team and then you give a guy 84 million dollars guaranteed to be the missing piece, right? And so you just automatically walk into being, hey, I've got to be the leader of that that group. I'm you know, they're going to look at me a certain way. I've got to act a certain way. And I'm not saying this like I don't think anybody really knows him because it's he's Not guarded, but it just – his personality is just kind of hard to get to know, right? And and the other thing is when you're the quarterback, we talk to him 15 minutes, you know, once a week, you know, on a Wednesday. So it's – you're not really – but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's – can he be a a leader that everybody says, you know what, like a far – we're following that guy. I I don't know that he has that personality. That's a tough one too. Yeah. And, you know, that's just – I'm not saying he has to be far but there's right. certain guys you know and, and Case had a personality that people followed. Teddy did as well. Teddy did. Yeah,
1: it's not an easy thing to do. And I don't I think Bradford I've, had it. No. No, and I and I do think that that in in some ways is just a gift. I yeah. don't think you can legislate that because I play this position I'm that guy. It has to be to a certain degree. Uh but it has to be you know in in the case of of some some of the guys that you just brought up. It's also – you could just – because they're just themselves. Yeah. You know, Brett was never – Brett had his faults. God knows he had his <laughs> faults. But Brett, to his dying day, will just be Brett. Yeah. There was no – And you saw
0: him in the locker room. Guys loved yes. hanging around his his yes. locker stall and talking.
1: or he And, loved... you know, in, in his own convoluted way and, and long-winded answers, Brett a lot of times would try and spread blame around. Yeah. Uh, and it came back to him occasionally. But because of it the demeanor and the yeah. and the way, southern, delivery. And the delivery. Yeah. It didn't come back to him nearly as much as it would you know, if Kirk Cousins got up and all of a sudden went on filibusters and in the middle of said filibuster blamed Riley Reeve for being the worst player in the <laughs> history of the game, we'd all be like, Whoa. Yeah, that would be with, yeah. with Brett. We were like, Of course he does. Yeah. Yeah, he is terrible. Like, <laughs> I agree. Yeah and Shankle's hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and Brett told me. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I thought that was very interesting that Cousins said was about the offense, mm-hmm. and it was the fact that – and so I went to the practice. I, I saw you at the practice on Tuesday. Yeah. I went again on Wednesday. They, we're recording this on Thursday, and they're wrapping things up in Egan, so we're not there today. But the Wednesday practice offensively was incredibly rough. And now I I was working under the assumption until that press conference that this was basically the personnel was – or the scheme was being taught to all the personnel, but Kirk knew it because it was um, Shanahan-slash-McVay-friendly from his days in Washington, and Kubiak Mm -hmm. had the same thing. Kirk said, not really. He said, it's evolved a lot. It's changed. And I, I think the most interesting thing he said was, That if he hadn't gone through the essential playbook the night before or before the uh, practices started, that he really wouldn't know that much. Long story short, Chipper, I think this offense is going to be a work in progress here. And when training camp starts, I think there's a ton of work to still be done. So you're starting over, but, and he said the terminology is all different. Yes. So this is, I I, I thought, I thought we were talking about an offense that he would, he would basically help sort of teach or know. Yeah. And I think I overstepped that one. So.
0: Is that – so Stefanski, there's no – I mean, this is Kubiak's offense. hundred percent.
1: Yes. Yeah, the only – So there's no whole carryover from what no. Stefanski was doing at the end of the I last – I know. The only – but the only surprise was my assumption – shocking, I was yeah. wrong – my assumption <laughs> was that Cousins – Cousins it. would know it. Yeah. But I have – listened. I like Kevin, yeah. Stefanski. He's a good, I mean, we both know Kevin. Yeah. He's a good guy. But to think that this is, and I think he's important. But mm-hmm. to think that this has anything to do with his offense, you've got to be well incredibly naive. Yeah. So we were standing
0: over there. So and Kevin was off to the side, like he's going to be in the in the uh, booth, right? And then right behind the line was Kubiak. So every time the the, the quarterbacks would finish their reps, they would come off and talk to him. So. It, it's Stefanski's the entitled, The right. offense coordinator But It seems like The voice of uh, Kubiak's
1: the head coach Of the offense I, Yeah it, you, We you, saw you, it you, Zimmer was coaching defense Yeah Kubiak, And I you, I'm not criticizing it. No No But it's just Let's let's call yeah, a yeah. spade a spade And let's yeah. not listen To pe- people who try And you know Well Kevin Stefanski Is the offensive No he's not Yeah And I think it, He
0: is helping And, and knowing Kevin You both know him I think he's his ego can handle. Oh yeah, can handle this. I mean, it, it wouldn't be easy for in a lot of situations. Gary Kubiak, but he, though, is such. It's, it's Gary Kubiak, he's, and yeah, right. He's, you know, if this was if, and you're a young offense coordinator who is not really established as a coordinator in this if league, if
1: this was John D. Filippo being brought in as quarterbacks coach to be the offensive coordinator and Stefan, or, or to be the uh, yeah. offensive advisor, then you'd have a problem. Then, if I'm Stefanski, I'm like, well, what? Yeah, but here it, it's no problem, but. I just don't expect this offense. I think the early preseason games might be pretty rough. Well, and training camp's going to be, yeah. I mean, if you're if
0: you're basically starting to overlearn a new offense, which how many different systems have these guys been I went in? through it. Uh, I went through
1: it because Stefan Diggs was asked about that. He did a, a presser after the Tuesday practice. Yeah. So I thought to myself, that's a good question. How many? Uh, Stefan Diggs got here, so 2015. So just him alone. He went Norv. No, into uh, 2016, then Norv quits. Yeah, or is <laughs> let go. Who knows? Um, to Pat Shermer. So stability with Shermer, and then he leaves. DeFilippo and then Stefanski. Yeah, and now Kubi. So he's had what or, four or five? Or Rudolph and Probably. quarterbacks would, too. Chip would Rudolph have had Musgrave? Yes. Yeah, because Kyle was drafted in 2011. Yeah, so he's had but, but, Chipper, think about the yeah. quarterbacks as well, the different guys oh, throwing the ball to you.
0: Yeah. Well, that's – I mean, that's the whole thing about, you know, the whole reason behind going out and getting Cousins too. Obviously, he's the best quarterback on the market, but just get some stability at that position, you know, because these guys have – it's hard. Like, I mean, we're sitting here talking about it, and it's not an excuse, but it's a reality mm-hmm. that you're learning a brand-new offense. Mm-hmm. And there's it's not like you just – so you're right. I mean, the preseason games, early season games, it, it, I, I bet the offense looks different towards the middle of the second half of the season than it does early in the season, just as guys are trying to figure out what they do
1: well, how this offense works, what their roles are, different things like that. So what are we going to see a lot? I think we're going to see two tight ends a lot. And a lot of Dalvin. I think we're going to see a lot of Dalvin. I, I think the you know from what Collar has written, it sounds like the Kubiak offense doesn't put a—, a a premium or a huge value on the third receiver. So it's going to be more two tight ends. Mm-hmm. And then Collar was telling me he thinks that C.J. Ham will play and that they will use a fullback more as well. Wow. That will be a big – And there are definitely – and Kirk brought this up. There are definitely elements of the West Coast offense to this. And the linemen are going to get out and run more. We saw that. They'll yeah, Bradbury, more, we saw so. that a lot um, just in the – I think the offense might be – I think it's going to make way more sense than it did last year. Well – It's just – you're right. It's going to evolve as the season goes along. Yeah,
0: and the whole idea was – I mean, you, you've got to give him a running game. You can't finish last and running. No. It's just – I mean, we, we talked about Cousins needing the ideal situations because he, he's good in play action, right? So if you can run with Dalvin and let him play action, he's going to be a lot more effective where he can play action to Thielen, Diggs, and throw the ball down. Because they talked to a lot about explosive plays uh, – third down uh i talked to cousins while going third and medium they were not good and so
1: he okay i'm gonna make an observation off that without any uh statistical evidence in front of me and i don't know if you agree with this statement or not but i saw it again yesterday kirk's got a good arm uh some of those those medium passes though seem to sail yeah, he, he flew one on Rudolph yesterday that Kyle had no chance at. And I'm I'm not even saying he does this all the time, mm-hmm. but there are some of those passes that I don't know exactly what happens if his footwork is off or he carries yeah. himself, but he sails those things a time.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it could be a little bit of that. I think it, a lot of it's just come back that they can't run the ball.
1: <laughs> you, yeah. you become predictable. You've got to make that throw.
0: Yeah, you have to make the throw. Because
1: that throw is akin to a run.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't misfire on third and short on a path, you know. But I, I just think everything will be – will function better if they can run the ball because it will open sure. up so much, you know, because then there's not as much pressure on your offensive line, which is, was not good. You don't become as predictable where they can just tee off on Cousins and, and he opens up play action. So if, if they can figure that part out, and, you know, I think Rick Dennison will be important in that regard. I mean, everybody's talking about Kubiak. Denison is, has a track record of being a really good, smart run game guy. Yes, and so I do. Don't you feel like they got the right offensive staff there now? Like, if, if this group can't
1: figure it out, then they need. I'm not oh sure yeah. What's well, they see. need. And and this was and Zim knows this. I think Mike's hope with Norv is that Norv would be that that guy, and he it just didn't work out. But then uh, Pat Shermer was for sure. Yeah. Mike Zimmer knows that he needs a head coach of offense, mm-hmm. an offensive coordinator. with With Mike staff does not work. Yeah, like you need Pat or ran that offense. Yeah, it was. And if Mike you didn't have to worry about it, the rea- the reality for for Mike and I don't know if, if he w- would admit t- to this or not because it would be an ego blow to a certain degree if he did. But the reality for Mike is if he doesn't have to do much with offense or special teams. Mm-hmm. He's very happy. Yeah. I think he's the guy who gets up on Saturday night and gives the speech. And I think he's the guy that coaches your defense and is damn good there. But the right offensive staff for him is one where he doesn't have to be bothered with. You just trust, Right. I mean, do you think he ever trusted? He knows, De what, Filippo? He wa- he knows what he wants to see. I, okay. Because this is going to sound insulting and I don't mean it to. When it comes to offense, he's a little bit like – or or when it comes to offense, he's a little bit like us with football. I can tell you if it works. Yeah. And I want it to work because it looks good, but I don't – but I can't tell you why it's not working. and Because his default last year kept being like, we got to run more. Yeah. Well, I said the same thing, but the reality is that goes – that's like, say, that's that's so surface but I think he just wants to coach defense. Mm. So he wants to run more. But what does that mean? And people kept saying, well, Mike, it's not a running league now. And that's not even what he was trying to say. No. So I think he looks at offense like we look at football. Yeah. Well,
0: I think he's just saying we can't finish last in the NFL and rushing. <laughs> but, yeah. But Chip Scoggins like, yeah. could <laughs> take over the Vikings <laughs>
1: tomorrow <when> and <laughs> say that.
0: Yeah. I, you know, yeah. And he he has an idea how, like the, from the 35,000-foot yes. view of how he wants to run the ball, control the clock, it, it, I think he'd be giddy if they won ten every game, ten to seven, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and and yes. And and won the time of possession by a lot because they ran the ball and controlled the clock and were good on third down and and defense got off. The, you know they he's old school. That's how it was. He doesn't want what. What was it after the the Chiefs Rams game that was like a thousand of, you know points scored or whatever? Oh, and, he, and he's like, this is going to run me out of football. And it was a great game. <laughs>
1: yeah. I loved it. But yes. It's, but he also, yeah, so so he says, run more. And the and analytics crew is like, well, that, that's a stupid statement, but I know exactly what he's saying. You know what? Perfect term now that, that I, I think there's a disconnect between the new football people and like us. Mm-hmm. Uh, play action. yeah if you just say, Play action. A lot of people come back and say that. Play, well, I, I, it works, but here's how it yeah. works. But we all know that play action's a good idea, right? Yeah. Like how long have we been talking about? If you eliminate the threat of play action, you're taking away a threat. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but Zimmer knows that, but he doesn't want to go at himself. So. Yeah, but anyway,
0: I do think it comes back to trust, right? He wants to be able to trust, like when he had Shermer and Sperano, He had his ideal, and a credit to him that his ego is not so big that he can do that. Well, we said that when he we got hired because remember he hired Norv Turner, and we're like, man, how many first time head coaches is going to hire a guy who's been a head coach in the league to be the offense coordinator? That that takes a guy who's comfortable with, and so I don't, I think he's comfortable enough where he doesn't feel threatened by that. Like I don't think he he would ever feel threatened by Gary Kubiak, where you know some people when they sign when they when they hired him people were like, "Oh, he's going to replace Zimmer." No, I don't think he'd, he's trying to get a guy there he trusts and run the offense that he wants to run. He's not worrying about a guy taking his job. Exactly. You know, I don't yeah, that's a not that that whole story never made sense to me or that narrative.
1: Twins are going to retire Joe Mauer's number 7 on Saturday night at Target Field before the game against uh the Kansas City Royals Chip Scoggins. You, you covered Mauer for a long long time. Mm-hmm. Back to high school. Yep. Uh what are your feelings about this? And and I'd be curious, when when did you – do you have a story or two when you saw Joe in, in an environment that is Joe? Because I think the guy who played for the Twins got to yeah. be not, – not guarded in a bad way, but we definitely don't know him. Yeah. What, what is the most real Joe Mauer story or two that you have?
0: Well, um, so we used to have at the uh, Star Tribune – we used to do all-metro – basketball, football teams, particularly basketball. We would invite those guys down to the star tribune building on a Sunday night. And, uh, and <clears throat> we'd order them pizza and we'd do a photo shoot. Like we'd have the five guys. We had a, a photo studio on our, what was that second floor down there? Yeah. Second floor. Mm-hmm. And we'd invite him in and, and we'd buy him pizza. And I remember the one year he, Joe made all Metro was him and Mo Hargrove. Um, I think Alan Anderson might have been in that crew. Uh, but just to see him down there sitting around eating pizza, talking about, you know, games they had against each other, travel, whatever. Um, like that. Like that's sort of the memory I have of just him as a teenager, you know. Um, when he was – two more, when he – there was rumors he was going to sign – <clears throat> excuse me, with Florida State in football, which he did. So I called him the night for I can't remember if there was a report or just rumors, but I called him that night, um and his mom answered or no, he answered and uh he said, oh, I'm studying for a test. Can I call you back? And I'm thinking, uh, you know, never hear from this again. Right. And sure enough, like an hour and a half later he calls back, he had finished studying for his test. <laughs> We did an interview then, and you know I don't know if he even he said I couldn't talk about till tomorrow. I can't remember what what he said, but was, you know it was typical. He's like, "Yeah, I'm studying for his test. Can I call you back later?" And he, Sure, he did. And then the senior year, they had the best offense in the state. Eden Prairie had the best defense, <clears throat> and they were playing in the prep bowl. Yeah. So, you know, Joe was like Gatorade all you know Gatorade player of the year, and I don't know if we knew he was going to be number one overall pick in baseball then, but you know, and. So one of our editors said, what if we get, like, Joe and his two receivers to come down to the to the Star Tribune and do a photo shoot? We'll get three of Eden Prairie's best defensive players. We'll get them to come down. We'll have them, like, stare, like, face-to-face, like, a foot apart and stare. And I'm like, come on. There is no way in hell this is going to happen. So I, I pinched it, and Joe's like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so so we get them down there. We take a picture and the guys are like staring at each other like a like a boxing match before the prep bowl. Wow. Yeah, it's great. And uh <laughs> so yeah, you know, it was it was it was fun because I, I got hired in 2000 and it, I always say like if you're going to be a sports writer, it's great to start at preps cuz you get to know guys on a prep level that on a human level that you just Sure. You and, know, and to, to this day, to this time. day, I'm still friends with Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, yeah. we consider each other friends. When I came here, is it was Joe, Larry Fitzgerald, Mary, and Barber. I mean, and was that at that time? Uh, Mary was at Wyzada. Larry okay. was at Holy Angels. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, talk about a jeez, murder is man. Yeah, that's a heck of a. I know, wow. and uh, and so you get to know those guys. When you cover me at preps, it's just different than when you cover somebody at a high school. And they appreciate you know? the coverage there. And, and it, when I'd go down to spring training, I, you know, I've been down there four times or whatever. I remember one year, is five years, six years ago, whatever. i get down there and see Joe. First thing we do is start talking about high school games and, you know, the prep bowl and, you know, coming down to the Star Tribune. You, you know, you still remember coming down to the Star Tribune eating those pizza with Mo and, and taking those things. So, he, I mean, he would love to. Every time I saw him, i hardly ever talked him about baseball. I was just talking about like, sure. you know, playing at Jimmy Lee <clears throat> playing basketball at Jimmy Lee Rack over in St. Paul and just so it's fun to, you know, have those kind of memories and see what he became, you know. And and you knew he was I I covered one of his um basketball games. It was a playoff game, and I was sitting next to his senior year, I was sitting next to a uh a college coach. I can't remember what school he was from. <clears throat> but I said, What how good is Mauer? Like where he could play? He's like, Oh for sure division one. You know, mid major to high major. This is third sport.
1: Right. <laughs> you know? Right.
0: How, how good a quarterback was he? He was great. I mean he could throw the ball, you know, obviously. He was I mean he's the Gatorade national player of the year and signed with Florida State. I mean he he could just throw the ball. He was a natural, you know. So yeah, I mean to think about that, to think that your third sport – you could be a very good Division One, you know, school. You could get a scholarship.
1: No, I can't think about that. I mean, no, just, I I absurd, no, I can't. I can't. No, I can't. To know? be honest, I can't process
0: what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, the baseball stuff's legendary, you know, strike out one time in his whole career. And, Elk River kid, right? Yeah, I once – when was it? When Mauer – Did you write that? Yeah, I think when – You found the kid, I think. Would have been Mauer's MVP year or when he got – I can't remember if it was when he – what year it was, but I found a kid who the only kid that struck him out. And I asked mauer about it and, and it typical Joe, you know, he's like he can't be like egotistical and he's like, Yeah, he got me, kinda of fooled me there. He's like I think I hit a home run the next to that bad so, yeah. Yeah,
1: which I'm sure he did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I'm sure he did.
0: Yeah. So I, it's cool. It's a great honor for him. And um I'm doing a column. We're doing a special thing on Saturday. Uh me and royce and Suehan are all doing columns and Different angles. We've all done our memories, you know, when you retired did. So I'm doing one on just that swing, this how the swing never changed, and yep. uh, even from a young age, working on that quick, the mauer quick swing thing as dad, the PVC pipes, you know, that hitting contraption did. Yep. It just created that short, compact, smooth swing.
1: What do you think? So because he, you know, Joe being Joe would would not go into great detail about this, but knowing him about. What do you think his feeling is right now about the twin success immediately after he walks away? Yeah, I, and I'm not even saying that the team because CJ crohn has been great, so yeah, I don't know what it would look like with Joe at first base on this team. But what's your guess there?
0: I, I you know, I think there's obviously part of him that's happy and excited because that's who he is. I mean, you, listen, he's human.
1: There, well, that's my probably thinking, yes. part of the human side it would be like. Eh. But I'm trying to weigh this because he's also Maurer, so he's yeah. not you know, he's a different breed from.
0: Yeah. And that's the one thing you hardly, he did not, he was always polite when you talk to him, right? Is Joe. I mean, yeah. he like, yeah, he's like, yeah. but I don't think people really got to know him because he was just so guarded with the personals, especially as he got, you know, longer in pro baseball and the contract. I'm sure that probably, but he never really wanted to let anybody into that. I mean, he has a tight inner circle, Tony Leesman and those guys he grew up with. And it's, um, I'd still look, like to know more about the rap career. Yeah, or go down to, you know, go hang out on the, you know, in the compound where they have the... The cabin, the, right? <laughs> yeah, the the rap studio or whatever. That's, yeah, <laughs> or the music, Can you yeah. imagine getting no. into the
1: rap studio? No, it'd be great. But I don't think he would ever let anybody no, see No, but that. that's the side of him that none, that yeah. none of us know a thing yeah. about and that he d- didn't allow people into. And so mm-hmm. you just know it exists. Mm-hmm. And that the guy liked to... The fact that Joe Mauer liked to rap is one of the funniest things ever. I know, ever. yeah. Because if I told you, okay, pick three things that Joe Mauer would never do, rap might <laughs> be, be number one. I know, yeah. So I, you know, the,
0: I don't know if there's, it's not jealousy or whatever, but I am sure there is a little bit of. I am sure he'd love to be part of a team like this. You know, I mean, he got a taste of the playoffs and didn't really, you know, never advance far. But, um,
1: I am, but I am knowing him. I, I bet he's happy too that how this team's playing. Twins fans on as we taped this on Thursday were not happy on Wednesday night Chip. <laughs> as the bullpen uh especially uh the Trevor May and Blake Parker who's struggled mightily of late got uh, lit up and the Twins lose in 10 9 to 6 in that game I think this is clear as day I think yeah. you got you got to get bullpen help and and there's know. a lot that went wrong. Yeah, you know, five errors on Wednesday. There's a lot, but I, none of it really bothers me. It's just that they, the Twins yeah. have had clunkers. They've had some really bad games this year, and they're fine after. But man, the bullpen. I think you got to do
0: something for that. Well, it, it's it's obvious. There's a recurring. Even when you have clunkers, the if your starter gets you know bombed one day or you know you yeah. have errors, you got to figure those are one day blips, right? The bullpen's not a blip. Correct. That's a problem. Yep. But here's the thing, it's like. At, w- at what point do teams start making trades? Everybody wants it to happen today, right? But are teams in that mode, that mindset, where they want to start unloading yet?
1: Well, th- the interesting thing about this... We don't in- deadline spur action more than... Sure, they do. And But what makes this uh, intriguing, to your point right there, is this. How is it going to change now that there's only one trade deadline, July th- 31st, which was always the deadline, but then there was the, the waiver, waiver deadline yeah. where I could get guys through and trade them? And I, I believe, because didn't Houston get... Verlander right around September 1st, so he'd be eligible for the playoff roster. So what does the one true trade deadline do as far as does it spur action now all-star game time? It'll speed up the clock, right? But you're still –
0: so all-star game is what, July 8th? Mid-July. mid Yeah, so you're still – you're a couple weeks out, I mean, is –
1: Right. It's it, but I'm saying our, our well, teams you can make a minor move to go get some help. Now, if if you if you want, but I just yeah, I don't think I, people want minor help. They want no. And you just uh, it's it's the week of July 8th. I think it's on the uh, yeah. I think it's on ninth or tenth. But
0: anyway, but they uh, need it like right now. I mean, it's not like that's the thing. You get you hear two sides of the thing, and people are like, oh, they're still still got a ten game lead. Well, that's not the point, right? I don't think anybody's talking about them blowing the, the lead. I think they're right. talking about hey, this is. A team that could really contend for a World Series, yes, and, and get get the help now. And so Blake we, Parker has he's he's become Blake Parker
1: apart. Yeah, I think in his last I looked this up this morning. I think in his last six games, six appearances, his ERA something like fifteen point two six. So you can't and uh, Rogers missed the last two games with back stiffness. So he'll come back and he's their. But best he's the one guy reliever. you trust, right? He's but the only yeah, guy he's you, the you only trust. Guy. And and then the question becomes, how much can you even use him? Because you can't just say, well, uh, Taylor, go out there and get all the outs. Yeah. So, yeah, and and this is – I also think that this team has proven itself to be so good that it's not fair to burden it. Like, they came back – you know, they're they're down – the bullpen comes in that game last night and blows up and gives up, what, five runs in the the top of the eighth. It's 6-1, to and they come back and score five runs in the bottom of the eighth and ninth combined. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not – but that's not fair to them then to be like, well, the bullpen
0: blew it, but that's okay. And the problem is – they've been so good offensively that they've avoided more of those where the the bullpens, you know, sabotaged them. And they almost did against
1: the Mariners on Wednesday. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, the, the offense has sort of provided them cover that bullpen cover to where it's not become more of a crisis, right? Where you're thinking you have to do something immediately because you're outscoring teams, you know, a lot or you're hitting five home runs, right? You know, whether that's sustainable or not, you're going to have games where you need your bullpen to, you know, to come through, and it's
1: like I said, you have one guy well, right now Seattle, you trust, and also Seattle's not good. And Seattle's terrible. So if you're Seattle. playing, if you're playing good teams, that that's the thing where this does not translate to playing good teams to have this inconsistency.
0: Yeah.
1: It's weird because like, like Trevor May, he's got good stuff,
0: but he's you know controls an issue, and it's just can you rely on him and and really like important,
1: high-leverage situations where there's pressure? Probably not. Now, you can rely on him to get a couple outs here and there, and and I think they deserve credit for the most part in this season. They've done a good job of using him correctly, mm-hmm. but with R- Rodgers out now these past two nights, it's bumped May up, and he did come in and get the yeah, save on Tuesday.
0: And he's got... I mean, he throws
1: six. I mean... Yes. So but you, he overthrows you look, at times, and... The controls sometimes... That gets, gets, he, gets to be a problem. It, right?
0: it becomes bad, but I mean, he's a guy that, okay if you could slot everybody down, then you feel better about where Trevor, I mean, cause I think like he, he has a stuff, right? You look at him like, okay, that guy's should be good for you.
1: Yes. But he has to be used correctly again. Yes. And if somebody's out, that's a problem. And you just don't have, there's just not enough there. And as you said, and I think you're right. I think Blake Parker, we're seeing Blake Parker now. And, Uh, Duffy's again a guy that if he's used correctly can help you a little bit, but you can't rely on him too
0: much. There's inconsistency. It's just
1: this. The one thing is, we've now seen this team for what two solid months? Mm -hmm. April, May, or almost three solid months. Yeah, Um, you now see a team that's so good that you've got to give them. It's incumbent. They need two, right? Oh yeah. I think they need I think they need one really good arm and I think they need a second reliable arm and I'd still like a starter. Yeah. But yeah. Now the one po- or one of the positives along with the big comeback in the late innings that I saw on Wednesday was Jose Barrios mm-hmm. for I want to say this might have been about the fourth or fifth start that he's made this year where he absolutely did not have his best stuff and all his stuff. He has matured into an ace. Yeah. And I mean a real ace because Last night and he admitted he used his fastball a lot, he said there was no inning where m- multiple pitches were working. And he did get hit at times last night. But he comes out, chipper, six and two thirds, seven hits, one run, two walks, Let's six say, strikeouts. Like that two, is impressive. Two years ago, how many runs would he have given up? he well how long Yeah, he would he have pitched on four? four innings. Yeah. Or
0: three innings, right? He, he would have got hammered. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. And I like when you say there was no inning where
1: two pitches were Yeah, he So he's
0: making adjustments like a veteran would.
1: Yes. And that's that's good. And I see. think I've seen. I'm not kidding. I think I've seen four or five starts. Yeah. where he kind of battled it. That's been the case. He's not been. He has not had stuff wise He yeah. has not had a real consistent season. But it's, but, but that makes it more impressive than when he's yeah. successful. Yeah, because hes spite had, Of that, I remember
0: there was one game earlier where he's like he just couldn't locate his curveball at all, so yep. he just sort of abandoned it. Yep. It's like just get through with something else. It's like that's that that's is nice. that, that's what aces do. They figure out when something's not working, I just make adjustments during the game and I figure it out. Yes. You know. He's done a really good job of limiting damage, too, where he's given up – what, do you have a base runner on every inning?
1: Yeah. And he given up was one run. Hit. Yeah. And he was 100% being hit. But for him to go out there then, and in spite of that, get into the well, seventh, that we've, impressed
0: Yeah, we've – you've been around him enough that he's a tough-minded player. Yes. Like, very tough-minded. And, like, he wants to be great. You see how just – What's the way to describe? It? He's just got a lot of juice about him, right? Like energy and enthusiasm. And I
1: think he sees termination. I think he sees pitching also. And he, for not a really old guy, it's oppressive. I think he sees it as a craft. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not. Well, I just have good stuff, good arm. I'll go out and throw. He sees this as a real craft, mm-hmm. and and he works his ass off. Yeah, he's the hardest. You know, one of the yeah. hardest worker you're gonna find. So this is this is a legit to me developing. Not twins ace, big ace. Yeah, for sure.
0: And he, he, I just like his personality. Like he wants, he's got enthusiasm I about mean, him. He, but he wants to be great. Like he wants to be an all star every year. Mm-hmm. Like
1: he has that kind of drive and motivation, and he works hard at it. No, he did. And he was, he was, you know, that that game last night had a lot of bad things to it, but that that was impressive, mm-hmm. including uh, including the <clears throat> five errors. <laughs> Miguel Sano, two-on-one 20. play. I got to be honest. I thought the Sano miscue, he's actually played okay at third base. Yeah. I thought we'd see more of that. And Krohn yeah. made an error, which was which I was shocked by because he's been damn good. There. And Sano trying to stretch a single into a double. That... Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, that was ugly. What, <laughs> and what are you doing there? There's no <laughs> chance that's going to work. Uh, last thing, yeah. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Your your thoughts on that and do you because it this has become one of my favorite topics. Do you assess blame there? The only thing I have to say is if Golden State knew it was Achilles and didn't say it, that's that's on them. Well that
0: yeah, if they if they hit an injury or misdiagnosed it or undersold it to him, then that's on them. But if they knew it was Achilles and they said, "Hey, you're not you're not in trouble of hurting it worse and it and he took the risk, I find it hard, to, you know, I know people want to blame everyone and assign the blame to him, but yeah. um you know, it's a guy who wanted to help his team, it's a guy who probably wanted to shut up people who were saying he's not tough enough or he was milking it or whatever. I think is as much that as anything and hopefully he didn't get bad advice.
1: That's yeah. the only thing I would say. This is though why guys sit out. Yeah. Kawhi looks really smart now for telling San Antonio. uh uh-uh. uh yeah, I'm going to my doctors, and we're playing it my way. Well, there's 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 always and that. we all as fans and, in our business question that and say, well, but shouldn't you be listening to the team? This is why guys. Well, guys, and that's why guys that's
0: why goes, guys go get their own specialist. Absolutely, that's why they go see Doctor James Andrews or whoever. Because yep. I'm sure the guys that are qualified, but there's probably that whatever percentage is like you know this is the team doctor, and am I getting the the straight thing? I always anybody would want a second opinion on something serious, right? Yep. Uh, me, you, Jonathan. But when you're talking about you know millions and millions of dollars tied up in your contract this is why they always want to get a guy from you know their own specialist so i don't i don't begrudge anybody that does that
1: uh that's chip scoggins jonathan harrison producing zolgad conduits of trouble is the show we'll be back next week talk to y'all later